Hello, everyone. Welcome. Shit. I am so sorry. Pardon me. Let me see myself out. (laughs) Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut. Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut. Stick us in your ear, drill to this month's picks, and come and listen in. We're measuring Hello and welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Bird and I'm Max Peterson. And joining us in the studio today, it's our very special little guest. Am I am I pronouncing this right? Is it Kral Fartley? Yes, actually, that's impressive <laughs> as hell because it's the first time anyone besides myself is actually pronounced. I am also heard it properly. Yeah, I'm also Slovakian. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, it is the final. Uh, it's the final film episode. Oh my god, that was a lot of spit that just came out of my mouth. It, it is the final film episode of season two. My mind is utterly fucking blown. I know we've already started recording season three episodes, but I have no idea how we got to the end of season two. Nope, doesn't doesn't <laughs> seem real. It it feels like we just started. It feels like we were just talking about creature from the black lagoon. But it's planet been like, of the oh, fucking yeah. apes, man. It seems like forever ago, but it also seems like yesterday. We we're talking about Roddy McDowell. This movie reminded Charlton me of Heston. Planet of the Apes because they they keep like apes, apes, and apes. <laughs> everyone's constantly saying apes. I'm like the last third of this. So um, so bird, we are closing out our our uh, uh our lady loves picks for the month. Uh, unfortunately, once again. Danielle Hartley will not be able to join us. She got cast in like some little bullshit sh- Chicago, I think it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a one act play. It's, it's like a yeah, ridiculous. it's like a closed room. It's all black box, probably black, black box. box it. All conversation. Yeah. There's no movement at all. And with such a light workload and such a simplistic, minimalist show, it's yeah, weird exactly. that she couldn't carve out some time. <laughs> For us. She's upset because you know she's really a dancer at heart and she's hoping for. And a instead, big show. she's doing this weird like vaguely Godot type yeah. dealio. <laughs> Godot dealio. For those of you that don't know, Chicago is a very dancey, very long, very singing show. Yeah, it sounds like the production is like uh, borderline Hollywood complicated. So it's rough. So we are very happy for Danielle. We are sad she's yes. not here. But uh, so Bird, do you want to uh, tell us what your last pick is and then tell us why? And then we can mm. all cry together for the yes. remainder oh, of the episode. Okay. What are we talking uh, about We are talking today? about 1997's Princess Mononoke, directed by Hayao Miyazaki. The screen ad- adaptation was done by Neil Gaiman, which I probably Ooh. knew at some point. I, told, I think I told forgot. you like once a week for our entire relationship. I was like, by the way, did I you I found know? out 10 minutes ago. When I, told, when I <laughs> yeah. showed you in the credits, uh, really quick while you're doing that, mm-hmm. he also adapted the Japanese songs into English lyrics. Oh my god! Yeah. I think I'm in love with him. He's oh, I know amazing. that I have been, but I, now it's like I keep getting proven right. I adore him. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually one of my good friends came into the shop today and was just, we were just randomly talking about Neil Gaiman, and I was like, I want to run my fingers through his hair and have dreams yes. fall out into my hands. Like, <laughs> yeah, no that's, kidding. I mean, that's exactly that's what would what happen. Would happen. Yeah. Um, can I you, uh, you mean run, run us through this, and yeah. then I want to? Can I tell my my Neil Gaiman story? Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right, Ashitaka is voiced by Billy Crudup. Jigo is Billy Bob Thornton. Lady amazing. Iboshi, Minnie Driver. Also amazing. Gonza is John DiMaggio. Uh, John DiMaggio. DiMaggio. <laughs> 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 like a baseball player. <laughs> uh, San, or is it San? San? San is Claire Danes. Toki is Jada Pinkett Smith. Hey, this is the second Claire Danes flick for what? Neil Gaiman. She is the star in Stardust. Oh my God! You're right. Oh. Ta-da! Moving on. Interesting. Yeah. Good Tomorrow casting. Tomorrow is both, both Jillian both. Anderson, and then 
He Sama, I just wanted to shout this woman I've out. I never wanted um, to fuck a wolf so hard in my life. <laughs> Well. Uh, mm. Hey, if a wolf had Jillian Anderson's voice, I want it's to believe ha- yeah. <laughs> that it's okay to make a cartoon wolf. <laughs> Whatever the X-Files theme is, it's not It's my cell phone ringtone. Have you not heard that? As soon as you said cell phone, it clicked in my head. I like that we like did that weird... <laughs> just off, it was just distant. It enough. was like that, like Simon and Garfunkel, like, <laughs> like mm, dropped yeah. minor seven yeah. harmony. <laughs> Sexy. I can get behind that. Continue. All right. Um, I just wanted to shout this one woman out. Um, the character is I'm not even sure who they were, okay. but um, Debbie Derryberry was also in this cast, and she's like a very big. Um, animated mm. character act voice Vo- actor voice actor yep. debbie derryberry is a phenomenal name as well yeah i had i was like looking at her bio i was like this has got to be a fake name but there's nowhere <laughs> in there that says like born Does she blah, bake blah, blah, cakes blah. on the great british baker <laughs> 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 debbie derryberry Wait, is what is that woman's name it is something, <laughs> it berry. Is something mary like berry? mary berry mary and berry? berry no marion very berry mayberry she's a sherry and airberry the sherry berry she's a sherry <laughs> Like Mary Sherry Berry. This is gonna be a fun one. We're on the way. <laughs> We're on Our the night way. episodes always have just a little bit of a different feel to them. I feel. Well, like. you know what? I think we're getting used to the new di- the new dynamic of me waking up at four a.m. Yeah. to work, and now doing night episodes where it's like, yeah, I've only been up for like twenty hours. <laughs> so I watched I watched Princess Mononoke, and I <laughs> Mononoke. Boy, did I love Mononoke. 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 All right, oh, no. so, <laughs> boo. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Sorry, I'm imagining this as puppets instead yes. of animated. Now, if oh, we not <laughs> good puppets, and either. if only we, shitty ones. like uh, uh, <laughs> like Voyage of the Viking Women to the Island yes, of the Sea Serpents yes. tax accounts. Uh, like when the sea serpent comes up at the end, and it's literally bum, a sock bum, puppet. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm going to get you bum bum <laughs> You can see the guy smoking a cigarette while he's operating the puppet. Like yeah, this. he's on screen. <coughs> and he just blows some smoke up the sock to make the like, sea serpent smoke. <laughs> we broke for lunch yet. Oh, no. I'm on it, Dwads. I've been smoking socks <laughs> all day. <laughs> but this multi-pack's running low, and I think we got like one more take. I All got right. one more sock in me, guys. So, speaking of socks, what? Speaking of socks, How? that's just me saying. Good, bring us. Yeah, right. All right. Sweet. It's gonna crash land. Like only one wheels down. You set us down in the Hudson, and we sank. And they, they call me everyone. the Hudson Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> so, bird, this. <gasps> you, uh, <laughs> I got. Oh. Plug my brain back in. So okay. why, why Princess Mononoke? What, what? You had a lot of trouble um, picking your second film. Oh boy! It's behind the scenes, uh, Hostel Two was immediate, and it was mostly <laughs> just to be like Danielle. You have to watch Hostel Two. <laughs> um, this is one of those films that I came to. I, I was a little bit older. This isn't one that I watched as like a young child, but maybe like middle school, early high school and I was just there a hundred percent. This is a ninety seven you said, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I have seen this 
so many times. Uh, of the Studio Ghibli films, I think I've seen Spirited Away like tw- two more times than this. Mm-hmm. But I've I've legitimately seen this. The DVD we were just watching in my living room, I've had that since I was like 10 years old. Howl's Moving Castle is mine. Have, oh, mm. I only saw that one pretty like one fairly recently. Yeah, we didn't mention it at the top, but this is the first time that Measuring Flicks has ever covered an animated film. That's right. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've probably seen this movie a hundred times or more. It's understandable. Um, um, this was my introduction to Hayao Miyazaki. I had not really? seen one before this. My dad borrowed it from the library, actually, probably on a total whim. Betamax. Having no, I no no. It was I'm a, kidding. It was a DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Well, your dad. It's your dad going uh, to get us. So they're like, here, it's on DVD. He's like, hey, I don't have those. <laughs> is it working my CD is? player? Oh, <laughs> the big flop. I have a Sony Discman. Will it play in my Discman? What were the Laserdisc? That was the one this that was your dad, apparently. Yeah, no. No. Totally not my mm-hmm. dad. So your dad rented that. That's yeah. weird. My dad introduced me to Miyazaki as well, and specifically to this film. He showed me Spirited Away. And then after that, we, like, at the time, you know, you typed into Google, Hayao Miyazaki hit search. You came back an hour later when yeah. it had <laughs> yeah, when I finally given you the first five and results. Mm-hmm. Um, and we figured out other movies that he made in Princess Mononoke. was the second one that we'd seen. Spoilers. Not spoilers. Uh, how did huh? you come to this movie? Um, I had to watch it for a podcast I'm on. Was this your first time? I thought I had watched. I, th- I thought I had seen this movie. I th- I. I was thinking this was Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. This is my first. I know (laughs) that was me this morning thinking I've seen this movie before, and it was my first, my first, my first time. Oh my god! I know that's amazing, Carl. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's now is one of my favorite. Like Howl's Moving Castle is my favorite. Yeah, it's just for whatever reason that one speaks to me. That was your intro to no. My intro was Spirited Away. I think was it everyone's. I think Spirited Away was was my intro. No, no, but oh yeah, yeah, but. Most people came to Studio Ghibli through Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. That was like the first really like well well known one. Do we all want to passively aggressively say Ghibli differently? Ghibli, uh, I think mm. so. I was kind of like looking let's, at you. And let's saying, do it. Let's all just passively aggressively say it our own. I'm going to pronounce it Spielberg. <laughs> oh, uh, fun little mm. side quest with Steven Spielberg. I think we've talked about it on the show before, but mm. um, Steven Spielberg has publicly said numerous times. That the best adventure film he's ever seen is uh, the Castle of Cagliostro. It's a Lupin the Third movie directed by Hayao Miyazaki. That's it's, incredible. I think it's the only Hayao Miyazaki movie. I might be misremembering, but I think it's the only Miyazaki movie that isn't original characters to him. It's the only like other property that he's ever directed. Spielberg saw it and said that that hmm. was one of the films that inspired him to do the Indiana Jones film. That's incredible because it's fucking amazing. So what is it? Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I think it's Ghibli. I think it's Ghibli. Um, I think I I have memories, uh, like childhood memories of John Lasseter at the beginning of, (laughs) on the DVD copy of Spirited Away, there's like that five minute thing like, you're lucky because you get to watch Spirited Away. I'm John Lasseter. And you just look at him and you're like, why am I watching you right now? (laughs) But I'm pretty. I'm a toy story. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I remember. Oh, right. He's in that, like, the folding, like, classic director's chair sound. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. He's yeah. wearing a Hawaiian yeah. shirt. He's trying to, like, prep an American audience to watch a fairly weird animated film because... Dude, just give me the weird. Because condescension, that's why. Right. But, you know, honestly, like, 
uh, it was a good intro, and he, I think he was the one who was t- who where I heard Ghibli pronounced mm. originally. And then I watched all the special features on uh, Spirited Away like ten thousand times, and I think they say Ghibli there as well. Fair so enough. I've always said Ghibli, and I'm gonna keep saying it, even if you don't. And no, gonna, I'll say Ghibli. I'm gonna smile because I like giblets. Giblets. Oh, yes. Ghiblis. Mm. <laughs> Ghibli, a nice Ghibli with my Ghibli. Um, <laughs> so, so oh. dude, this was your first yeah, watch. Yeah. Give me <coughs> at 5.30 this morning. One, one, word one review? sentence review? One sentence. I was hucking. Howl's is still my favorite. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to, like, Spirited Away and this are now, like, like. kindred in a way. Oh, we should ask, did you watch the English dub version? I watched the English dub okay. version. Because that's how I came to Studio yes. Ghibli yep. is through the amazing actors that they get to. Yeah. It's, and so, as I know that I have several times, is this is one mm-hmm. of the... There's so many... Um, Incredible produce, talent, all the way through. Yeah, but there, and Top there's so many acting, like yeah. there's so many th- people can learn like what? Uh, just do this for other foreign film, mm-hmm. yeah. please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take the fucking time <laughs> because it it makes the movie is so much more enjoyable. I don't speak Japanese. I wish I did, mm-hmm. but it's there's something so sad about having to take your eyes away for something from something beautiful to read. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've been watching foreign films my entire life. You know, I, I growing up watching kung fu movies and shit like that. Like I can, my brain can can do that dance. But when mm-hmm. it's something like this, I don't want to look away. Right. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting that I chose like three movies ago to start taking my notes on a computer so I didn't have to look away. Right. And I would have like been okay with doing the Japanese version of this, and I think that I will. I definitely want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Bird pointed out uh, that apparently the Japanese version is quite different. Yeah, um, I was reading trivia after I watched the movie, and Mm -hmm. apparently Neil Gaiman sort of had to do some sort of, like, uh, summing up slash, like, cultural translation. Makes a lot of sense, because (laughs) another funny thing, I just recently um, got back into manga manga. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Speaking mm-hmm. of how he's pronounced oh. things differently. Manga? I've always said manga. It's manga, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so well, I've, anime is technically anime. Well, we're not going to fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. say it that way. But like, so, I think, so I just got done <laughs> reading the first correct. couple of episodes of uh, uh, Terraformars, which is about this group of astronauts that go to, to Mars and these giant cockroaches and these beasts. And then mm-hmm. Aka, Akame uh, Ha Kill, I think, is the other one I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And, and something that's... In a lot of these, these big giant bug-like things, they're mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. demon creatures that resemble things that we know, but are a little disformed and strange. And then I'm watching this, I'm like, "Holy fuck, man! <laughs> I'm in the I'm in the ride, man! I'm in the zone mm-hmm. right now!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just like I was so fucking happy seeing that first boar that's full of the oh, diseased yeah. worms, yeah, yeah, yeah. the boar, and then you, oh my god, I'm like. <laughs> Holy shit, I was just reading this, but on Mars. Like, this is insane, dude. <laughs> they, there is a certain, uh, uh, like, for lack of a better but term. But it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, the daemon or the demon or the whatever it is. That's... Their dragons are so different from Western dragons. Yep. Um, I think that they're, they have a certain type of, like, for lack of a better word, creature that shows up in a lot of their stuff where it's like this elongated body with tiny spindly legs that are way too long. It's like and the Spirited Away dragon. Yeah, right? well, uh, well, actually, uh, Haku from Spirited Away is a really good example because as a dragon, he's the traditional like Eastern dragon. Isn't that a Chinese dragon? That is a Chinese dragon. Yeah, but the Jap- but mm-hmm. Japanese dragons are... like. Have you ever seen Kakurenbo? No. 
they do it's all like this big festival and they're doing the same type of drag but it's it's that's why i'm saying eastern mm-hmm. the eastern mm-hmm. dragon mm-hmm. versus the western dragon which has big wings right it's they're more, more like, like muscular snakes. and yes yeah they are yes well, in um china and in japan they do have a giant salamander that is that shape the demon Fun shape or the dragon shape? Dragon shape. Because one, I think what one of the things that yeah, the the demon shape shows up a lot. That like mm-hmm. ball with like lots of legs, lots of legs. Yeah, yeah. like and a, it, two like shiny eyes. Or when mm-hmm. it's moving, the one that the one that freaks me out most. The best way I can the describe potato it. Potato one. No, it's the one that looks like a pill. It's like a like a big vitamin shape, but it's not long enough to be serpentine, and it's mm-hmm. not squat enough to be a ball. It's like this really uncomfortable. Yes, geometric. that's what I was calling potato. So oh, like a potato. Like a yeah, yam. yeah, yeah. They're kinda, the yam demon is super they're creepy. Kind of, they're kind of freaky. That's why they make spirits out of it. Because oh, like like spirits, like, like spirits. I see what you Um. Yeah. I don't know. This is that was one of the things I really so thought was the movie. Is that your one? Yeah. That's your one sentence review. I fucking loved Me it. Me fucking loved it. <laughs> Perfect. I'd forgotten how violent this is. Super. Fun. That's. This is probably yeah. the darkest Ghibli film I can think of, or Miyazaki film I can think of, off the top of my head. Like they're he all. It reminded me of Akira away. in some of the vi- the show of violence in this. Mm-hmm. It's just that that shocking and sudden. The an arrow taking limbs off and uh-huh. a head off at the very beginning of this. I was like. like Holy shit. The limbs coming off is what freaks me out the most. And actually, I realized only tonight that I'd been I'd seen something wrong in the movie every time I'd ever seen it. There's a moment where it's the first time um what's his name? The prince. The Asha Asa, uh, Asa, Ashitaka. So Ashitaka is like he sees a battle. And he goes Oh, a battle. And then he, he re- sees a bunch of peasants running through a rice field being chased by samurai. And he goes, oh, no, a massacre. And, like, for a Miyazaki film, for people who came up with Spirited Away, Castle in the Sky, Kiki's Delivery Service, Howl's Moving Castle, even Porco Rosso, those are all definitely kids' movies. Oh, yeah. I think this movie could have stood in our rating. It's PG thirteen. It's a super hard PG thirteen. Well, they with some of the violence. they forced a PG thirteen when they were giving Neil Gaiman instructions on how to adapt it. They asked him to put swear words in so they could bump the rating up. That makes sense because animated mm. violence doesn't get rated as strictly as real life violence does. But the studio that produced in America, they knew mm. enough to know that kids can't watch this. So to force it into PG thirteen, they had him add swear words. That's why the monk says, like, the whole damn world and stuff like that. That's why you hear those weird swears just, like, pop in. It's him bumping it to PG-13 because otherwise kids are watching Samurai get decapitated by swords and shit. You could have just had Billy Bob Thornton do one of his lines from Bad Santa that would have covered it. Anything from Bad Santa. Anything from Bad Santa. I'm on my fucking lunch break. I'm on my fucking lunch break. PG-13. PG-13. You got your one F word in. Um yeah, but I was really the the scene is when um, the peasant falls in the road with that big sack oh. on and on they her back. stab the back. Well, he he cuts it and it splits open. But I had never realized before that that was a sack. I thought that that was the dude's back. Until and like you just s- said that, I thought that was his back being split open. Oh, they do like flip him with that sword thing though and stab him. Do they right in that moment? Oh, it's in that sequence. No, because the guy gets up and runs away. Mm. Uh, As as a kid, that scene had always haunted me because I thought that that dude's back had split open and we're seeing his ribs and spine. That's what I thought. And then Ashitaka 
cut, shoots the dude's arms off and the peasant gets up and runs away. That's why he looses the arrow as he's trying to save the dude's life. They do the guy who falls in the rice field, he does get stabbed. Yes, yep. He actually loses an that's the first limb we see go from a distance. The dude brings down that uh, big, that long. What's it called? The katana on like the staff. It's like a, it's like a weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so, sure. but he he's, halberd. It's yeah. It's like the it's like the Japanese version of a halberd. But he cuts the peasant's arm off, and you see like blood spraying from the dude's mm-hmm. shoulder. And I'm watching this Miyazaki movie, <laughs> Miyazaki movie, and I was, I vaguely, I was not prepared for the violence in this. It's I mean, I, I don't violent. mind violence, right? We've, no, we just did Hostel Two last. I week. don't give <laughs> I don't give a shit about violence in movies. But when you're not ready for it, when you were expecting Kiki's delivery service, yeah, or Nausicaa. And you have limbs and decapitations in the first ten minutes of the fl- uh, of the flick. A it's lot a, of them it's, too. It's really it kind mm-hmm. of fucks you up a little bit. It did. It fucked me up. It fucked me up at five thirty <laughs> this morning. I'm like, whoa, whoa brain not like, ready for this. You're like, oh, hi, I'm Miyazaki. And it movie. made me feel a little bit ill, which I thought was interesting. Where mm. just sat through Hostel 2, no problems at all. Watched mm. some super rowdy shit. But I'm sitting down to watch this thinking it's going to be more in line with some of the other things I'm familiar with. Mm. And having that sort of real violence, it's it made me a little bit sick to my stomach. It was really, really a strange reaction. And I wanted to make note of that. I thought that was strange. No. I don't know if there's any anything there but for someone that is pretty calloused to that kind of thing to be like this is a little too violent and i'm just Mm -hmm. i'm not okay with this it made me uncomfortable part of it's the i think part of it's the context which is like you're you're coming into miyazaki flick it's an animated thing he's known for doing children's movies and Mm -hmm. it reads like a fairy tale very much so yeah i think that i we talked a little bit about how gaiman had to make some changes to like sum up some cultural stuff i think the other thing that really shines in shines through to the to in my opinion to the movie's like credit or or to its benefit is in this in neil gaiman's pass on it his love of fairy tales gets stamped into it a little yeah. bit. So it takes on kind of a, a whimsical feel. I'm retroactively understanding and seeing Gaiman's influence, which is so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, something that might also be affecting how you're seeing this, um, Nausicaa was released before this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Hayao Miyazaki went to speak with Harvey Weinstein at Miramax. This is this a Miramax one. flick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. which is... All- Anytime you see Miramax pop up, you're watching a good movie. Um, there was a meeting where Harvey Weinstein and Hayao Miyazaki sat down, and um, Harvey Weinstein wanted to cut it um, much shorter to, you know. Nausicaa or this? This one. This one. Okay. Um, okay. But because of the way that Nausicaa had been treated previous to this, um, Hayao Miyazaki was like, absolutely fucking not, and left the meeting, like, pissed. Wow. And, uh, then sent Harvey Weinstein an engraved katana that said no cuts. And Harvey Weinstein was like, all right. Fair so enough. So we got Holy shit. the full deal. We got everything. So who knows what we missed in Nausicaa. Right. I think it, I think uh, Disney recently acquired all of the Ghibli films. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they re-released Nausicaa in its original form. Oh, um, yes, please. Oh, I'm interesting. Maybe incredible. we should go back. And I'm not 100 percent positive. I remember seeing because I love that flick and, and not knowing that it was cut to shit. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it Sometimes. would be like Brazil versus Brazil if it's 
not been that much fucked there, with. But so knows? this is a for the show, not for uh, clearly not for any of us because we're all like name checking every single movie he's ever fucking directed. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of a measuring flicks first for talking about Hayao Miyazaki. I can't think of any other directors. I, it is an animated film, so granted, there's that. But I can't think of any other directors who who have a vision quite like his. I could probably watch something and not know it was directed by him and tell it was directed by mm-hmm. him five minutes in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He has I themes accurate, and yeah. character mm-hmm. types that he riffs on again and again. He has a sort of, I, I said like the, the whimsy of fairy tales, but there is like a kind of very poignant, whimsical quality to his It's more work. original Grimm's. Yeah, yeah. Disney princess. But there's also like this, it, it, I don't know if it's every movie, but a, a lot of his movies have like these uh, like environmental themes that run throughout, and the relationship mm-hmm. pretty consistent between yep. yeah. men and the world. <laughs> the and- balance between man and nature absolutely present, and I think even my neighbor Totoro, it's there. Like, oh my god, oh, yeah. I forgot about my neighbor Totoro. Campus. <laughs> See that you should have been that one. The like oh birds God. two picks, hostile two, and my name is Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> and here's another one where we say it different. I always say Totoro. Totoro, I know that's probably the correct. That's how I say Totoro. <laughs> Bird oh. and I are just gonna gang up on you all night. And that's, like, I like to say well, words actually, weird, <laughs> and we know this from English words that I incorrectly spake. Spake? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna let that slide because I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that's like old Middle English. And oh, yeah. Just... He doth speak. I do, he doth speak. <laughs> correctly, my dear. So I didn't take any notes. You guys both took copious <laughs> yeah, notes. Yeah, I have too many notes. Bird, you are the ho- you are like hosting this bad boy. I have too many notes. Why don't you guide us? There are only so many that the ear <laughs> can hear. Over the course of an evening. Yeah. Just cut a few and you'll a be fine. Th- in a three-hour episode, you can do four pages. Um <laughs> So take us through. Start at the beginning. What do you want to talk about? And we'll jump on as you walk us through uh, your film. So my first note is, oh, my God, the score to this movie is really it's good. amazing. I'm curious if there's a different score with the Japanese version. I think it's, if, I think besides original song stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's probably all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the soundtrack is probably yeah. slightly different. Yeah. I think but. score yeah. score is universal. Music is universal in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. As soon as you change a lyric, that's different. Yeah, any, right? but anyone more Kone is playing the same in, exactly. in whatever cut you're watching. <laughs> this is my some of my favorite style of music is is this exactly this style of music. It just makes me want to weep and laugh and smile and have all of the emotions at the same time. It's and it's crazy. not overwrought. No. It's pretty simple, understated. It's subdued in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. One of the things yeah. I kept hearing, because I watched the first chunk of this with headphones in, and then the mm-hmm. second chunk with my speakers turned up loud because I was loving the like all of the gunfire and the, the sound of the boars thundering was amazing. But, so notes oh my god, sound. yeah, the foley is... Yes. Everything's uh, the, a little squishy, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Especially the demons. Yeah, they're all mm-hmm. I don't know spongy. how they did it. Oh, but, it. But one of the things I noticed in the score of this is there are songs in here, and I I love this. It sound, it's going to sound like a criticism, but I love it. There's there's uh, some, I think it's like a, some kind of flute that's just like a hair off of where the correct harmony, sh- cor- quote, air quotes yeah. correct harmony, but there's an, the expected harmony. Because there's this there's this whole like orchestral thing playing, and they're all playing in in this one scale, and then a flute will come in like a half step out, and it's it's buried, it's quiet, and in the back, but it creates this like 
beautiful tension in the music that creates tension in scenes that otherwise have none. I really loved it. Mm. I thought it was a great way to kind of, it, it kept me engaged in these kind of slow. Mm-hmm. But then again, dude, when I, you're looking at hand-drawn animation oh of one of the most mind-blowing oh things God. I've ever seen is the regrowth of the forest at the end. When you're, you're watching, watching a watercolor it's like come a, to life. It's like it's watching, insane. what are those videos, the time-lapse videos where you can see a piece of art be made as it's... You know, like time lapse video. But it's it's like watching someone do a time lapse color study of green. I don't want to say Bob Rossi, but it had this. Yeah. Okay. Like like you're watching something, and it's suddenly there's something there. It's like the moment in any Bob Ross. We're like, oh my god, it's a fucking mountain with clouds, and there's a sun. When did that happen? The waterfalls, the one that always fucks me up, because he's like, he's just making lines on like a page, and he's like, and what you do, you just brush, and you're stabbing it, and you're stabbing it, and you're brushing, and you're brushing. Oh, look at this, it's just a bunch of shitty old gloobly lines, and you're like, Bob Ross, you're a terrible painter, and then he goes, and here's just a little flip on the spray, and you're like, oh my god, it's a waterfall. (laughs) There's like a moment where all of a sudden the whole painting pops in, and you're like, I am so sorry that I was criticizing you. (laughs) You're a genius, Bob Ross. Um, so the score is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad we. I don't know, gushed all over it. Yes, it's yeah. gonna be hard not to just be like, uh, "What a great note! What a yeah. great scene!" <laughs> well, I mean, my next note is the backgrounds are stunning landscape paintings on their own. Um, he has. A, is this a mix of different yes. styles? Like, it, it, some of it is very much watercolor, and some is like oil. Some is. It's um. This is actually one of the last films that they did on cell celluloid Holy hand shit, done actually, oh yep um so the <sighs> backgrounds are painted oh. so probably watercolor and then, and then over top of it yep they lay the clear there is made me want to cry there's a sequence early on <laughs> where ashitaka is leaving the uh, uh amishi people yep and he's going across the plains and there's like kind of dark not quite stormy but like gray overcast dark clouds in the background and mountains and valleys and it's a fairly long shot. And it's one of the things I love about Miyazaki's movies is he he knows that his artists are creating something gorgeous. So hold on to that. Yeah, for- we get to watch Ashitaka mm-hmm. ride this gorgeous red elk for like maybe a minute. And we're looking at the backgrounds and there's so much for your eye to find that you never take Miyazaki to task for holding on a shot. You wish you almost <laughs> wish they'd go longer so you could I would. Oh, Ooh. sorry. I just read my note about the score. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, I would hang. I would hang stills from this all I over. I would the Absolutely. totally. Yeah. Absolutely. What else? What's oh, sorry. So my my note on the score. So the score is out of control. Japanese orchestration stirs something deep in my genetic memory. Something a little more than joy and a little deeper than sorrow. It's like mm. it's amazing. It's all of that. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. That's actually. I think that's also something that you could say about Miyazaki's movies at, on the whole. But we can really keep it to Mononoke if you want. But his movies make me so so happy, and all the way through. I am so profoundly, quietly sad. Yes, as mm-hmm. well, and it's amazing that it's he finds this perfect balance of showing you like the little uh, spirits of the trees, like with their little <laughs> rattling, <laughs> yeah, their little rattling heads. Oh, they're very gamey, even though he didn't create no. those, yeah. right? But that fits into his. Well, uh, he worked really close. Neil Gaiman works is friends with a sculptor named Lisa Snellings and she does these little uh, things called poppets which look a lot like these things 
Um, Interesting. Yeah, they're so dev- I've there's been a connect. Oh my God, because <laughs> I was thinking, oh my God, it's really gamey, and then it turns out that it is. But he didn't create those. Things, <laughs> no, but. he just happens to. Maybe that's why they're like, hmm, I know a guy who does shit All like right. this, <laughs> and he swears sometimes because he's like a sassy Brit. Um, but no, he there's this there's elements like that, and there's the sassy women of Iron Town. And at first, there's the, the ex brothelers. Yeah, the, and there's the, the brothel brothelites, and uh, <laughs> brothelites. <laughs> and then there's the like the there's Billy Bob Thornton as the monk to start. We really like the monk until we, until don't, we don't anymore, mm-hmm. which is the perfect role for Billy Bob Thornton. That is, mm-hmm. that's where he shines. Yeah, you absolutely. fall in love with him, and then he just stops, stomps all over your heart. And you know if you you know if you fry a piece of bologna, tastes just like hot dog. <laughs> Is that your Billy Bob Thornton? That's my Billy Bob Thornton. You can dial that in a little bit more, I but you're getting have, close. Yeah. You're getting close. You need more booze s- in me. You need more anger. <laughs> I do. I need to hate myself a little more. Well, I mean, I'm I, almost there. You don't even have to point out the 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 sorrowful moments of this movie. In other movies, they're a little more subtle, like childhood ending and growing right. up and stuff like that. In this one, we literally see what I would call a holocaust yeah it absolutely is yeah it's it's a it's the death of the world essentially i mean it's like it's one forest in this movie but i think it's it's pretty clear that like this is the spirit of the forest not the yeah. spirit of a forest that has and that died. was also like the world of japan oh absolutely they, being yeah. an island nation yep. yeah, yeah. Well, one of my favorite one of my favorite moments of levity in this is when we meet uh uh san and the wolves for the first time mm-hmm. And San tells them that they can't eat Ashitaka as he's unconscious. And then the one... When he almost took his head off with his... When he's shaking him by the like, head. That's startling. God. It's yeah. uh, Bert will attest to this. While she was cooking dinner, I was in the living room going like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I'd be quiet for a second. I'd go, oh, wait. These are cartoons. <laughs> these are drawings. No one... There's not even real actors to be harmed here. But like when the, the one of the moments I love most is when one of the two wolf cubs looks at the elk and goes, what about the elk? Can we eat it? <laughs> the elk is just sort of standing. He's like, uh, uh, the elk is like way off, uh, like, like off like, on the side of the mountain a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of like no, come near the edges. It's like, what about the elk? Can we eat it? <laughs> and sounds like, no, no you can't eat, eat it. Elk. Go home. <laughs> we go from that to one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, which is we see a field of dead pigs. Essentially, it's all the boars, all the boars, mm-hmm. and the way that Miyazaki makes that horrifying rather than just like wow look a lot of dead animals that that is a that's a profound moment it's like watching world war ii footage but it's a cartoon and they're boars Mm -hmm. and i think miyazaki does it a couple different ways one he and i think this is he's a genius he truly is like an auteur unmatched in the world of animation i can't think of anyone else who who i hold in such esteem as a as an a director of animated film a director period the stories that he tells and the way that he tells them. All right, so with the boars, we get to see them putting on their war paint. Mm-hmm. So we we watch them preparing for battle the same way that we've been watching Irontown prepare for battle. So our heads start to get a little slippery about their humans, their animals. All through the movie, humans are talking directly to, to animals. That's the part. That's the part of the, one of the parts of this movie that absolutely fucking blew my mind is the fact that all the animals are capable of language. 
and in communicating with humans on the same level. There's, there's no, the humans are smarter than animals. It's like there's an equal intelligence there, at least for communicating and, 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 and having the ability to, to speak to each other, right? So, and one of the things that they talk about is that it's not only the destruction of the forest is, is going to destroy the forest, but the animals b- will become dumb and learn, lose the ability to speak and just become meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like, holy fuck man that's like that's some heavy shit it lands in a place in your brain that isn't quite ready for that it bit because it's bad enough like if you're watching a forest burn or you're watching a bulldozer going and and clear out thousands of acres of rainforest or something that's sad right mm-hmm. we always see that for sort of like a distance you know that there are animals killed you know that you know you have the information but when you're in an, in an animated movie and you have speaking animals that aren't just like it's not Bambi speaking, right? There, these are animals that are able to communicate with human beings, and they will not only lose their home but the ability to communicate on that level. It's fucking. And they also have like maturity and depth. Yes, and well, it's yes. so fucking wild, man. That's yeah. yeah. I was just thinking that too. Like because they aren't just the cows hanging from the slaughterhouse. Disney They're, animals. Oh when Disney animals talk, what makes them? That's a magical. They're they're cutesy yeah, and yeah. magic. Yeah. These are They're fluffy. Yeah, and they have no flaws for the most part. They're just cutesy. They're all Twitter pated and they're all fucking exactly. Right. These what I what I. The way that I looked at it was humans destroying the forest is it's not I didn't think of it as them taking away animals language, which they're literally doing. I was thinking metaphorically, I think what Miyazaki's saying here is humans are erasing animals culture. Yeah, absolutely. It's like wiping out another civilization. Mm-hmm. It is genocide. And they yeah. are on the same level as uh, we aren't any better than they are because we're humans. One of the most haunting moments in this for me is when Lady Enoki is talking to the monk and the monk is like, um, I-, I need the head of the forest god. We're going to go pop this forest god. The emperor wants it or whatever. The emperor right? wants because yeah. there's this rumor that the blood of the forest god will Keep make you alive forever. forever. Which we actually find out is completely false because when um, when Ashitaka and San are bathed in the blood of the forest god, they immediately get covered in the, like the curse burns. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, no. No. Incorrect. It's, it's just lore that people... It's that... Man is always operating on fallacy in this movie, which is amazing. Even the, even the ultimate goal of the Emperor of Japan is just based on something that someone told him that's not true. Yeah, oh my god. Which is crazy. When I, I mean, but anyway, before I get too far afield from why the why the dead hogs or why the dead yeah, boars yeah. all fucked me up. It's that thing again where like we're watching a Miyazaki movie, we're not expecting to see violence. It's the context in which violence appears. The boar, we see dead boars all the time. You watch, you can go on YouTube right now and watch Ted Nugent take a machine gun in a helicopter and shoot a thousand of them. And I have no problem with that because they're boars in Texas and they're really they're fucking, bad yeah, news. Yeah, dude, yes. they're bad news. It's because we've taken their language and they be, they become violent. <laughs> in a way, it reminds me of Middle Earth because Middle Earth is supposed to be Earth. There's a lot of I made a lot of connections kind of there Tolkien-y. with Tolkieny. Yeah, but how often do you the see ants used to be able to walk around and speak to us? Now yeah. they're rooted. Now they're rooted. Yeah, because all the magic is going out of the world. Right. Which, in a way, I think. God damn it. <laughs> In a weird way. I'm not going to cry on the last episode. I mean, you can. It'd be fitting. I I mean, that's what Totoro is all about, is not the literal removal of magic from the world, but losing your ability to to detect it as you get older. Mm -hmm. How funny that this movie kind of has a slight parallel to Hook. 
Yeah. For earlier in that this That is kind of interesting. Right? <laughs> well, it's, I, it's forget, hey, crow, one of Miyazaki's like, yeah. famous themes. One of his favorite of themes course. is like growing beyond magic. But what a bleak way to show that to us. Anyway, the boars. How often do you see boars on a battlefield? Well, the first shot that we get is just this bald, blackened hill. Yeah. And like score is kind of directing how you're supposed to take it. I love it. Ashitaka's line too where he goes, he goes, oh, animal flesh. And you're like, oh God, it's just, it's a bunch of, and the worst part is it's not just boars. He's just smelling burning meat. Burning, So yeah. when when animals are dead and when humans are dead and they're all on fire, they all smell the same. It's fucked up, dude. It's pretty gnarly for like a for like a Studio Ghibli yeah, f- film, or I, I'm not sure this is a Ghibli. It is, yeah. yeah there's it is. there's yeah. the Blue yeah. Ghibli at the beginning. Um, so one of the sh- and the other thing is showing us, not just showing us like and look, there are dead boars everywhere. We see Ashitaka pick his way through the battlefield, and there's that boar that's leaning against a wall, and its eyes are open. And there's something about seeing lifeless eyes on the battlefield context that forces your brain to see casualty not dead animal Mm -hmm. you know so you see these boars and you're like this is fucked and then Miyazaki because he's because he knows exactly what he's doing he's got the knife in you a little and you're like this is horrible first quarter inch of that blade just between two yeah and you're like this is so bad these the boars are haunting you and then Ashitaka comes over the hill and you see Row upon row upon row of dead humans under like straw mats, mm-hmm. and there's that one to dude. To be buried, in, yeah. Yeah, and there's the one dude in gray, just in the fetal position with his head down, and that's when Miyazaki just twists yep. the knife, and you're done. You're like, war is till it scrapes the fucking bone, man. Till the bone shows through. Hey, I wrote a story mm-hmm. called that, and you can find it on CrimsonStreets.com. It's in three parts. <laughs> I really liked your story, Max. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> good plug. You're welcome. <laughs> if I ever have a career, it's because Carl's going to just shout my shit out from time <laughs> to time. Um, no, but like, I love one of the things I love because remember, this is all animated. So no one's giving that drawing directions. They're, the continuity is like 50 dudes handing each other cells, animation cells back and forth. That guy, crazy. That yeah. guy doesn't say anything and he keeps his head down. Through like a 10 minute scene until the very end when he's like shocked out of it by the memory of the girl on the wolf. But the fact that he just sits there comatose, that to me, more than Saving Private Ryan, more than uh, Hacksaw Ridge, or I mean, those are both great movies, but this moment as an adult, I haven't seen this movie in a while since I was probably like 22, 23. Now at, at 29, I f- think I'm finally, and this sound, is going to sound so shitty, but like, this moment kind of tapped into place for me the true horror of war. Mm-hmm. A war between humans and boars in feudal Japan in a cartoon. To put, I mean, look, it's a genius animated film. It's a masterpiece, but it's a, it is a cartoon. And for I like my soul ached mm-hmm. at the reality of war throughout history. That's an accomplishment I for a film like know, this. Man. I think that there's something there's something to be said about about animation and and. Just art in general, and oh, being able to—I didn't mean to cheat. No, all. I know. To, to, it reaches places somewhere deeper that I think than even film can do. I, you know, there's something mm-hmm. about a painting, even a still painting, that you can sit and look at for 
I think it can sneak past our equipment because yes, we're, we're absolutely 100%. yeah. It's 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 sneaky. It's a sneak attack. It's the fucking. We've got the gear. It's a beautiful assassin to in see the real in. world. But as soon as you draw the real world, I think part of our brain, and it's to our benefit. I think it's why humans are drawn to art. Mm-hmm. And you know, we use art as a broad term, but I mean like drawings, like abstractions. I think that we don't quite have the tools to filter that right. So it gets in behind the lines and yeah. starts fucking things up it in your. I think the it line, disarms man, yeah. us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, the uh, I've seen this movie a hundred times, and Art this is the Jedi mind trick. Yeah, yeah. Man, dude, watching that dude's arms come flying off, I was like, oh, oh my god, it's a drawing. You said it made me sick to my stomach. Well, it, and I watch fucking horror movies. You on are a Stephen King fan. Yeah, there's a famous story that Stephen King tells all the time about the Dead Zone. That's the one with the. Uh, the it's the politician. Chris, Christopher Walken politician. You and can see the yeah. Uh, he got death threats. He got hate mail for years after that book came out, and everyone was mad about the same thing. In the one of the early scenes of the book, the bad guy, not Christopher Walken, the bad politician guy, yes. kicks a dog to death. Yes, and people were like, "You're gonna burn in hell." I can't believe you would kick a dog to death. He had a king ki- loves to kill dogs early in his early works, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then he has one get all rabid and it's sad because he shows us what it's thinking. But the point is <laughs> Stephen King, like he would for a while, he wrote back to all these letters. He's like, I would like to point a few things out. One, I'm a writer. You were reading words on a page Two, There is no dog. There is no politician. That dog, they never existed. None of anywhere. this is real. It's all ideas. But he received he received like mountains of death threats from people who were like, "I'm for gonna killing f- a dog for killing a dog," in a book. Yes, There's something about art, dude, that sneaks in behind the lines, and then you're just like, oh, "Stephen King killed a dog." It's like in John Wick when when uh, he opens uh-huh. his eyes and you see that the dog has dragged itself oh, across the floor. Yeah. Oh, le- I always read that differently. We'll get into it. Yeah, we will in season three. (laughs) But every time I see that, I'm like, oh, my God, these filmmakers are monsters. Then you remember that uh, Keanu Reeves took that dog on the press tour. It went to the Oscars with him. You know, like the dog is fine. It was his dog for about a year and a half. Yeah, until the trainer refused to adopt it out because he fell in love with the dog. But we'll talk about that in season (laughs) season three. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, So I have a note here. that this is a deeper, darker, like Japanese cousin to Fern Gully, <gasps> which was also one of my like number one. What a good parallel! Wow, yeah. it is very Fern Gully esque. It has the Shit. same themes, similar. Which one it came doesn't out have first? The snappy, Fern Gully came out first. Ninety two. Oh, interesting. Did, does that one have music in it? Like, is it a musical? Uh, yeah, Fern Gully last. Might no, be like songs, right? But it's not but it's like. Not like the Little Mermaid. There is, no. there are songs, yeah. Um, but more like all dogs go to heaven kind of songs, not so much like the Lion King kind of songs. Um, it's a different tone. It's got some like rock and roll stuff going. Yeah, That's what I. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking yeah, of the right yeah. one. Right, but like it's, fairies uh, and shit. Or who's yes, the, fairies. Okay. Who's the voice of the of the pollution? It's Tim Curry. Yes, it is. Tim Curry has a musical number when he's like Which killing. Is the okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. When I just have a lot of. Sh- Fucking movies to watch, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah. yeah, was it Axis or something like that? Yeah, it's the name of of the of the smoke monster yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but he has a he has like a song and dance thing. He does. Yeah, he has like the pollution song. The pollution song. <laughs> Captain Planet. Don't he's a hero. Yeah, but then there's the but all right, and also in that movie, our protagonist. <laughs> 
he has very a very like uh, quill from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where oh. he's showing the fairy lady like how to dance rock and roll music. Oh, and even as a young boy, I was like, this this fairy chick is kind of smoking hot. <laughs> And that's when I determined that rock and roll and chicks with pixie cuts were hot. And that's how I met my wife. What do you Weird. know? Because of oh, Ferngully, no. the last rainforest. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's not the one with Petrie, right? That's the fucking the land before time. That's the land before time. Okay. How'd we get here? Anime it's a cartoon? <laughs> Good point. Okay. Sorry. Similar themes. Sorry, listeners. Because Ferngully is like the American cousin to this yeah not fun a fun film not nearly as dark as this found i was gonna say well then yeah darkly profound definitely dark yeah my mom didn't like that i watched it so much she's like why don't you watch something else you know fern gully Gully. oh (laughs) one of the things i want to i want to like try and let's shoehorn Mm -hmm. this in because it's easy to talk about all of the bummer bits of this movie yeah but this movie's not a bummer movie it's not sad. No, I would say it's definitely hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Which is the magic of that. Mo- Jesus Christ, man. Mm-hmm. It's the magic of his movies. Yeah. You well, said it perfectly earlier. It's like you're you're so you're full with joy, but you are sitting in this little bit of sorrow the whole time. Yeah. It's it's like the, <laughs> the, uh, the I was going to be like, it's the Hellraiser thing, but it's not even <laughs> remotely the Hellraiser um, thing. There is not a single mattress in this I movie. I don't know if there is a word for this, but it's. It's uh, it's like something similar to poignancy. I mean, poignant is a great word for it. Where it's, it's it it hits you, it hits you right, hits you right in the feels. Bitter, but bittersweet's not right no, either, no, no. because the movie is it is filling you up with joy, completely. But it's like the moment, the oh man, I don't know. Is it like there's a truthfulness maybe, or you a know, English is actually sincerity or. A, English is actually not very good at this. No, it isn't, is it? Do you know what's really interesting? The language that is most... There's a there's a specific language in the world that uh, a lot of people say is best for describing emotional states is and it feelings. French? It's Japanese. Oh, it is Japanese? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, hmm. which is bizarre, but like they have... I was going to go like somewhere in Scandinavia or... No, but French. Yeah, yeah, romance languages have lots of words for feelings, but they're kind of like cultural yeah, mm-hmm. French is a Romance. Anything I know, but yeah, Scandinavian languages aren't. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like Hey, Germanic. <laughs> so tell me tell me how you feel today. Skike Florkling Klein Fling Dorgan. Oh, I just got a weird boner. <laughs> You're like, I have a sad boner that's making me angry. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your words are so powerful. <laughs> Scandinavian magic boners. <laughs> but no, man. Like, them sconers. Sconers for short. <laughs> now we hey, listener. No. If if you've ever had a sconer, Drop us a line at Measuring Flicks Podcast. What is that, a sad, angry boner? <laughs> no. It sounds like a breakfast it, de- like delicacy. Yeah, I know like what I scone? had, it's like a scone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a flaky pastry. Oh. It's a hard that's movie to you, talk about, apparently. Uh, you need some <laughs> lotion on your sconer. <laughs> nope. Nope. Actually. <laughs> comes in a side cup. <laughs> oh. When they, when they serve your sconer. You get it with a side of, side of lotion? it's like in a little one of those Dixie cup with the lid, the shitty ones you get at food courts, but it's just lotion in there. <laughs> just like that unscented white. I'm not like, joking. My penis just got a little itchy. That's <laughs> so weird. Your coffee comes with a piece of kale. It's black coffee with kale in it. Anyway, <laughs> continue. Oh 
I don't know why. I don't know, why but... Why you do this? Because I woke up at four and I'm a little tired. <laughs> and Carl started it with I stoner. did start it. <laughs> I just yes-anded him into side of lotion and kale coffee. What are we doing? <laughs> no, Um. okay. So we were talking about the way that this movie has moments of profound sorrow. And mm-hmm. I would I would also say like true horror. I would agree. But the the opening of this movie is such... Such like a raucous adventure with fairy tale overtones. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite sequences in this is watching Ashitaka come back to the village of the Amishi on the back of his elk, and you have no context for anything you're seeing. And he's got like a straw cloak. He's riding an elk. The way that he will like ride the elk, jump off. What the elk's name is? You. Mm. I have it somewhere. It's, it's like cute. yak something because I thought it was a yak. At yeah, first. it's like Yakuma or something like that. Find the name for me. But he, yeah, he I've got it. He'll jump. He'll jump off the elk onto that stone wall, mm. and then he just talk, 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 talk. Runs, runs along the stone it, yeah. wall, and he goes and talks to somebody, and then jumps off a boulder right back onto the back of the elk. And it's all so beautifully choreographed and beautifully drawn, and especially mm-hmm. early in this movie. I mean, we do get the opening voiceover in the dark forest. Yeah, kind of giving us a quick explanation. Yeah, it's it's our you know storm riders intro. But uh, this, then we'll get the you keep keep looking. I'm still chatting. Yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. So yeah, cool. Um, so I I love the I love the way that we go from that dark forest to bright verdant green, bright blue sky. He he starts us at such like a. A high point of like things are beautiful and look how great it is and I think it would be easy to as the film goes do the thing like the Sid and Nancy thing where the grade gets just crushed down Ugh. crushed down but he doesn't do Mm-mm. that he keeps showing us again and the again the color yeah. yeah like one of the moments that in this movie that the Nightwalker is beautiful the Nightwalker oh is God. beautiful the, the 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 God of the Forest turning into the Nightwalker right before fucking oh, sparklies yeah right before his head Incredible. gets shot off it's gorgeous uh, remember when we were talking about um, the first Planet of the Apes remake and you and I we we both gun owners but there's something about the sound of the machine gun on the bridge in that movie that makes you just fucking hate guns yep hate them hate 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 this movie I hate everything about gunpowder thank you Dude, it's I nuts. had the same note. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a gun person. I fucking hate guns. Yeah. Watching this movie, I hate, I hate the sound of them. I hate what they do. I hate the, <laughs> the nature of gunpowder. It's they just feel evil. They feel very evil. They just feel like and these, are, and these evil. are the kind of, these are the kind of guns that you have to take a bright, glowing piece Barely of something. Guns. To the, yeah. <laughs> they have these huge <laughs> diaphragms in them that are full of gunpowder to launch a knotted piece of iron yeah we don't even have musket balls yet it's just like a lump of iron lump of iron yeah and And that's what starts the whole fucking thing is a lump of iron Mm -hmm. wedged into a bore yeah like a gun victim yeah starts this whole thing um i think fucking wild man i just had a a theory about the whole boar demon thing the first one or the second one there are two boar demons in this the The first one okay the one that kicks us off back at the village of the amishi i always wondered why after he dies he sort of like putresces really fast and kind of pulls a uh talk about like coming out of left field horrifying imagery in a miyazaki flick mm-hmm. real time like uh sped up time lapse again it's Evil like that's in the way yeah kind of, yeah 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 down to skeleton 
Um, I think it's because he wasn't alive. He was already decomposed. That yes. He was holding yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. thinking mm-hmm. of um, Lady Snowblood and how um, like the curse kind of keeps driving her. I was thinking that his hatred was that yeah, thing absolutely. that was keeping him as a unit. His and last then when words, you will gone. suffer as I have suffered. And then he becomes what he was the whole time, which His, is just a the eyeball sinking go- into oh. the skull. Really, like t- turned my stomach. I was like, Ooh. um, w- not. I, I don't know if it's a derailing or not, but one of the things I think is interesting because we're talking about like how man shoot, shooting this boar god mm-hmm. is what turned him into a demon. Like interacting. Oh. It, inter- interacting in a vitriolic way with humanity. His is, response to it is what turned him into a demon. He yeah. ran away and was afraid. Is he what. was ang- full of hatred. Yeah, and that turned him into hatred a demon. and rage. Yeah. I think this is a really. This movie has a really interesting visual metaphor for what happens. The more you succumb to your hatred and rage, the broader this injury. The, uh, so like Ashitaka when he's fighting the first board demon he gets that burn burn thing on his it arm it just touches him his yeah. cursed wound you know because he's come in contact with hatred and rage and it has infected him he touched it and you know like just extrapolate and play metaphor with me so yeah, I don't yeah. have to do it for all not you guys you're you're in the room with me but listener go with me on this and think just think think in metaphor but like every time you'll notice when he the first time he shoot when he shoots that dude's arms off, it activates the thing. Yeah, his his arm goes all screwy, and he's like, "What's going on with my arm?" And he again and again is like, "Go, turn back! Don't make me fuck you up! I'll do it if I have to. I really don't want to." They keep coming on, and then that violent action spreads the wound on his body. And the other thing we find out is that the wound causes him great pain. So every time he does something violent, or engages with his hatred or his rage or anger and and i mean the the uh what what's it called the oracle lady she hit the prop- we just call him like a wise woman yeah well his, his his destiny or his fate is to go to iron town and see with eyes unclouded by hate so she's like if you want to find a way out of this you have to avoid hate at all costs and he's continually drawn into these fights and the more that he has to do actions of rage or hate or engage with that type of shit eventually we when he, there's a moment early where he takes his shirt off to work the bellows and we see his torso is clean later in the movie we see his torso and he's like covered with it across his entire body the, the, the way they describe how it's going to kill him it will first tear my soul apart mm-hmm. and then kill me Earlier on, somebody, uh, I can't remember if it's him or the wise woman, but they were saying, like, it will infect your bones and cause you an immense pain. That's beautiful. Yeah, it sounds about, mm-hmm. like, just about the worst thing, though. Yeah. Well, the more, and dude, like. It's like giving yourself cancer by hating. By hating. People. Which you can literally I know. Do. It's exactly what, that. What yeah. a what a apropos movie for 2020, man. Right? Like I kept thinking that. 20, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh. Let's say 2019. Yeah, he gave himself cancer. <laughs> but it's those stogies is what did it. Ugh. But like, what what about, um, you know, I'm going to say 2019 because honestly, I got high hopes for this year. It feels like a good fucking year. We're, I know we're almost done with February at this point, which, oh God, two months out of 12, already down. That's kind of horrifying. I don't even <laughs> want to talk about it. It's so weird. But at the same but at the same time, you know, like so far, this has been a pretty pretty good why, year. Why would you... Knock on wood, oh, man. Oh, buddy. Let's all be... Okay. 
Be hopeful, um, Carl. Know, we'll be I'm super sorry. Sad. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, things that you're saying make me think of that line from Star Wars: "Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, mm-hmm. hate, hate leads, leads to, to suffering." suffering. You know, like Lucas was a big others. fan of Japanese uh, film and ideas. This is '97. Yeah, <laughs> way yeah. after that other thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just saying in general. That's Maybe a, Miyazaki that's a, that's was a Star Wars that, fan. That's a theme that, that's carried yeah, yeah, over yeah. from right, Japanese right. culture. Yeah, definitely. Um. One of the things I found really interesting about this movie is it is a holy man who instigates the death of, for all intents and purposes, God. We is can he just, actually? He's a monk. Is he really, though, or is it like a costume? I think he's is a monk. He like, no, he's like the emperor's like head monk, <laughs> I think. I'm going to, yeah, call think of him okay, like okay, okay. The, way that I th- the way that I thought of him just because I l- like this sort of thing. I thought of him like Rasputin. He's a holy man adjacent to the emperor, yeah. but he might not hold an official position, and he's also kind of shady. But he's definitely a monk. I think he's emphatically a monk. Okay, cool. Um, I'm done. Because, I mean, okay, the way he's talking to... The way that he, he... sounds like the fucking Borgias when he's talking to that one rifleman in the woods when the rifleman's like, why do we need... I don't understand why we need this woman. And he goes, when you kill a god, have someone else do your dirty work. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's really inter- interesting that it is a it is a religious figure who's going to wipe out. It's a religion that's going to wipe out spirituality. Like I mean, Christianity's right. introduction to Japan. Yeah. Oh my God! I hadn't even made wow. that connection. Yeah. I, I lost some cultural context there, but you're totally right. Yeah. Damn. And that's that. I mean, after. It's unavoidable to talk about. After we dropped the two, the nuclear bombs and Japan surrendered, one of the conditions that we gave them of their surrender was the emperor had to inform the country that he was not divine. Ugh. We legitimately Ugh. removed their religion as a condition of their surrender. Mm. We made the emperor say, I am I not a god. You kind of hate Makes it, Makes my right? heart hurt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... There's a lot about that whole situation to just devastate I mean, you. Yeah. And honestly, you know, it's what happened. Oh, my. Oh, my God. When they shoot, when she pulls the trigger on her gun and blows the head off of the God as mm-hmm. he's turning into the Nightwalker, what happens is he mushrooms into the sky yeah. and everything he t- all he has to do is touch you and you're dead. Or his hand just floats over it and everything underneath dies. It's very well, when the atomic. Hand, it's when the hand goes into the forest that it dies, but I th- it's like radiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you yeah. get in contact with it. And there, he definitely plumes when. He does. Mm-hmm. He, when he hits the moon, he he yeah. he forms like Floats a. Floats out, yeah. Wow. It's like he splits, but then he sort of flattens. I had yeah. never thought of that yeah. before. See, Carl? This is why we do the show. I know. Again, I know. listener, I like we're, we're digging in really hard into certain stuff, but don't think that this movie is bleak or dour or sad. It's really not. It truly is not. It's it like a... It might actually be my favorite movie. Yeah, it's... It's, it's in if my... we're just going by how many times I've watched Favorite it. movies of all time? It's in my top ten. Yeah, for Definitely. Sure. It's a sin to even look at the Night Walker. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, that one guy. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't he say he's from the West? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make him from like England or the no, US? No, he'd be well. Or I mean, do they just mean West? Me West. In Japan? I think it's just Western Japan. Westerly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm oh, not sure about that. Feudal Japan. I. I think that's kind of a holdover from 
the old way of doing things. And I think that the monk and Lady Enoki are kind of like the air quotes march of progress or whatever. Right. There's a moment in this movie that really gut punched me. And it's the mo- it's when um, Ashitaka saves the two dudes who went over the cliff and fell into the river mm-hmm. and he pulls them out and he, the one guy's freaking out because he's seeing the forest spirits. And I love I love that Ashitaka's like basically, hey, you know, um, these things are cool. They're, right. they're actually good luck. They're part of the spirit of the tree or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know that the forest is happy. That means because it's, they're it's here. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. That moment, that this, there's like a gentle surprise. And if here. my elk doesn't mind, they're definitely fine. I love that. Where he's right. like, yeah, if the if my if the elk's cool with them, we're safe. Yeah. If what was it? Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, cool. If <laughs> if your cool's cool with it, then I'm cool with it. So they the little like forest spirits lead them through probably some of the probably the most gorgeous forest I've ever seen. And they we get to the the clear pool and they drink that Everglades scene. Oh mm-hmm. when we first see the forest god, the god of the forest, and he's you know, his arm goes crazy. Because I read that I'm and I don't always I'm not always like reading shit into shit, but like it's hard not to do it with, with the show. Shit shit? Honestly, with the show, it's yeah. tricky to not be like, what does it mean? <laughs> but like when his arm goes gnarly. And he, it's like bubbling and he's feeling extreme pain. It's like hatred and rage cannot stand to be in the presence of that. Yes. Of that. Yep. That perfect. Divinity. Yeah. yeah. But not, and for me, it's not just any divinity because this is not Western bearded dad God right. in, in yes. heaven being really yeah. mad and you're going to get the belt if you don't fall in line. This is the, this is the world. This is the planet. Constant smile on its face. I think it's, it's more Zen than that. I, have, I, I yeah. think it is too. I admittedly, I have re- been reading books on Zen from our local library. He looks like, like he just smoked the biggest dube. Kinda, kinda. It's just like this state of like, God, this is gonna sound so like I've been reading books on Zen from. But it's like that. It's like that beingness thing where it's like, look at the world. The world is cool. Everyone just chill. And it turns to look at him, and he's been. He's got some of that rage and hate, and mm-hmm. rage and hate has no place on in this. Rage and hate don't exist in the natural world. No, the human creations. Yeah. Well, well, there are. I mean, okay, great apes do go to war, and they will intentionally hate. Though? See, or this is. is it a hold on, before we fall too down far, thing. before we fall too far down this abstract rabbit hole, the only reason that good, evil, hate, rage, love exist is language, and language is exclusively human. Therefore. The rage and hate that Ashitaka is, has come into contact with, quite literally, human. yeah, quite literally, man-made when the god was shot, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fucked up. But um, so we get this beautiful scene. Everyone's drinking water. There's a funny bit where the guy's like, "My arm doesn't hurt anymore. It's healed. Hey, nope, nope, still, still broken." broken. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there's this great moment where he's like, "Oh, we're, I'm gonna get you home," and we've been going through such verdant beauty and we peak we crest this hill and the guy goes you did it you got us home we're home and we cut to the reverse and it's iron town and you're like 
Ugh. It looks like a concentration camp. Yeah, it does. It looks like a prison facility. It's fucking. Like it's, it's so dark and there's smoke pouring. More and gulag than gulag. It's, it's really pretty it, fucked up. It's probably what like what it's um, the American forts looked like. Yeah, it's a very much like a revolutionary sort of. Fort. I like you keeping us all culturally context. It looks in like here. Fort Michilimackinac. It does. Uh, it yeah. does. Yeah, it's got. Nope. It's like the the, the split big loggy, log. the big loggy yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah, with the parapets and the. Yeah. But like, if you've just <laughs> been walking through parapets, like the the four, like what are what's the the good forest in in Middle Earth, the Elvish one, the Lorathling. Yeah, lo- when, imagine you just walk through You walked through Thoradin. Imagine that. Got it. Yes. Imagine that you and Claire Danes are walking through the most gorgeous forest in the world, and then it you crest it. Mosquitoes. But just imagine, you're yeah. Well, the mosquitoes are all just like giving you kisses and stuff. Right. They're mm. very kissy mosquitoes. I feel like mosquitoes were born of rage and hate. Yes. <laughs> yep. oh. But no, you're you're walking through a beautiful forest, and you crest the hill, and you see, and you just suddenly see Chicago. Yeah. I love Chicago, but it's the juxtaposition of the two that, like, that. I, and every time you're driving up to Chicago and you just see that, like, cloud of smog, you're like, oh. Once you're in the city, yeah, it's different because you can well, see. Well, you're eating pizza and you're, like, you're fucking seeing a you're show. Doing you're doing yeah, the yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. But you're right. You're totally right. The approach, you s- I mean, flying into Chicago and you're, like, you break the cloud cover and fly into different Clouds. greasier cloud cover yeah. and you're, like, Oh, you know, but yeah, man, Iron Town bums you out in this movie. You're like, they're like, yay. And I love the 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 reactions of the people are really interesting. Ashitaka is like taken aback. But Mm -hmm. these two dudes are like, thank God we're out of that scary forest. Here's all this gray, monotonous life that we've built. Huzzah. But they're taking care. Of the, see, it's it's a, it is a safe home though for them. It is home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like there's a, a cruel dictator that's ruling over this Iron Town. She is actually one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's. Yeah. Very I think like fucking ever. Yeah. She is so she's layered so and so complicated. Yeah. She's very. She is complex. the one that kills our fucking god of the forest. But I'm I'm mad at her. I'm fucking pissed. She loses an arm. Like. But she's she also real. has but she's real. good and intentions. It's, yeah, and she does. Cares about the people. Let me show you my charge. secrets, and you're like, oh no, what? What horrible th- secrets must you have? And you know what's and really crazy? Not. They are though. But also, <laughs> they're not. not. It's that Miyazaki fucking thing. I have ex whores from a brothel that are that that work my bellows, and they work four day shifts at a time. But they're all. But they're happy all happy because they're not in the brothel, and they're building their own life. They yeah. believe they truly and they have believe in what they've got. They do. Yeah, and they're well treated. They get to eat as much as they want. No one. Fucks they get with to them. tell the boys to fuck off if they're yeah. getting a little bit too. Uh, Lady Anoki's like like uh, little like lady circle at the end where she's like, I need you got. I need you all here. Because the men might betray us, and I can't trust anyone but, but you. you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're like given given the body the male bodyguard shit. Like it's a total girls' club. Then the, but the thing is when she goes to show Ashitaka the, her secrets, you're like, oh, lepers making the guns. She shows them. She shows Ashitaka that she has been caring for lepers. How incredible! And she's got them making her guns to kill gods. How fucking. At the same time, dude. Mm-hmm. 
that but we have the old dying leper that tells us he he gives testimony of how they were that no one me. would even look at them but but she took them in and oh my god the 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 old leper the one mm-hmm. fully bandaged oh him, yeah him talking to ashitaka was scary yeah. to me it's something about being totally devoid of features it i mean we watched the invisible man this is this is more unsettling than the Invisible Man. Well, you know he's liquescing under there. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. What does he say? She washed our rotting flesh. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but and again, like how well structured is that scene? Because you get, you get all of this stuff where it's like, oh, we're lepers, and they took us in, and you're like, oh, and they're like, here's the new guns. These will even kill gods, and you're like, ooh. And also, it probably stinks horrible in yeah. there. Yeah. Big time, yeah. <laughs> Part of it, <laughs> and we an unfortunate moment of silence. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like Inoki, and I hate Inoki, and I like her. Iboshi, Hiboshi, Iboshi, Iboshi. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that made my brain tick over a little bit. You said it like four <laughs> times. Is that Elron Hubbard? Yeah, it's Elron Hubbard. Thing. Okay, so it's Lady Iboshi. Iboshi. Okay, oh I'm sorry. I've been. <laughs> Iboshi. No, Iboshi. No, put him back on, Carl. I'm going to pan it left and right. Ibo- <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I've been saying it wrong. Lady Iboshi. Um, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to say it anymore. I need you to put him on because now you didn't hear how big the clatter was. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Um, yeah, sorry. I have been jumping all over the place, Boo. Do you have, do you have notes that you want to cover oh, or hit? Boy. In the m- meantime... I, I, my, I mean, my notes are in chronological order. Do you want me to like, yeah, keep, start, keep mm, introducing, go back. You and, can keep okay. introducing topics. We're, we're talking all over, but that's okay. That's how people talk about movies. Yeah. You're not like, all right. So at time code, one minute, 30 seconds. Well, every boy is fuck, huh? Yeah, totally. So, tension in this movie. Tension. I was tense in certain parts. Which, like this, which in particular are um, sticking out to you? Because I, I also, I want to see if they were the this same. This note is um, from the very first scene where um, Ashitaka is getting in um, fight with the the demon. Uh huh. And I was like, I've seen it so many times, and I know exactly what's gonna happen. The but I'm still like, uh, my stomach is in a knot. Yeah. You know. Whew. What f- the, the one of the moments of like big t- for me? It's when the girls. The one girl falls down, yeah. and the other two are like, "We're not leaving you." And they turn around. You're like, "You got." And the go. girl like pulls out her knife thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, when Ashitaka is yelling up to the the women of Barter Town or of not Barter Town, I kept Who thinking, runs Barter Town? Oh my god, I have Iboshi a no. She runs Barter Town. <laughs> Iron Town. But when he's yelling up, like, "Here's the situation." Iboshi's on her way back. The men are on their way back. I, You guys got to go. Don't let the black goo touch you. As he's saying that in the background, the goo is chasing. The, sliding down Yeah, the, the Nightwalker, the like n- atomic Nightwalker is pouring down the hill. Not slow either. When it like comes up right behind him, it's going like 20 miles an hour, about the speed he can run. He barely escapes. But I love... For a couple reasons. I love that Miyazaki lets the tension build so we get a little like ants in our pants. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that Ashitaka has the presence of mind and the he's centered and calm enough to know precisely what he's capable of. And he's like, I'm going to clearly 
quickly give you this information and then not get my life ruined by the blob. It's awesome. Yeah. So crazy. He's a good hero, too. He is. Yeah. He manages to walk the middle path carefully in between there's industrialization. Some, it, there's a great and line. The power um, of nature. Bill, I can't remember Billy Bob Thornton. Jing, Jingo or Juko? Bad Santa? Yeah. Bad, no. <laughs> so when Billy Go. Jigo. So when Jigo's crouching on the rock. And he, uh, uh, Ashitaka shows up and he's like, they're out hunting the god at this point. And Ashitaka runs and he's like, you got to stop hunting the god of the forest. Iron Town's under attack. Their samurai are killing women. They've, they've, they're not going to last. You have to get back there. And, uh, Lady Iboshi, Iboshi, Lady Iboshi's like, how do I know this isn't a trick? You know, like, why are you lying? And he goes, what possible reason would I have to lie? And he she he goes yo you just want us to not hunt the forest god he goes no I want I want people and the forest to live in harmony turns around runs away and Billy Bob Thornton turns to Lady Eboshi and goes whose side is he on anyway and at the very end there he has another he's on everybody's side he has he's on no one's side oh my god I have Chess the musical going in my head right now because there's a song no it is on nobody's side <laughs> anyways. Anyone that's a fan of Chess the Musical will be like, oh, he made a Chess the Musical reference. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a visual component. <laughs> <laughs> Your face just now. So cute. But yeah, that that's one of the things I like about him is he is very strongly, he has very firmly held beliefs mm-hmm. and he has principles and they are inviolate. He will kill. He decides to go help rebuild Irontown at the end of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he because he, I think because he sees that there needs he's to be sort of balance. their tempering force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe I, with him there, there it goes a little bit differently than it did the first time. I mm-hmm. love the numerous, um, like echoes of this sentiment that ripple throughout the the final twenty minutes of this movie. I think starting with San, when the god of the forest has been killed, and like the black goo is everywhere, she goes, "It's over." The god, the god of the forest is dead. And Ashitaka goes, nothing is over. You know, we're still alive. And then at the very end, when she's like, even if the forest regrows, it won't be his forest. You know, uh, he's he's dead. He's gone. And she, he goes, no, he's here with us right now. He's trying to tell us something. He gave us the... He cured them. Doofy husband yeah. in the lake. Oh, that's it. the The forge has just gone up in flames. We're done for. And his mm-hmm. wife goes, "No, we're still alive. We'll find a way." Mm-hmm. And they press on. And when Iboshi's sitting in the smoking ruins of Irontown at the very end, they're like, "What are we gonna do? Like everything's fucked." She goes, "We're going." She goes, "We'll just someone find me Ashitaka. I have to thank him." What we're gonna do is we're gonna rebuild. We're gonna better this time. Yeah, better this time. And I love that the way she says better this time. And I don't think she means better as in, I think she means we're going to do this the right the way. The right way. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I think we made some mistakes and we're going there's to. There's a better way to do this. There's a better way to do this. This movie ends on such a hopeful note for for finding harmony and peace with our environment. Yep. With the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I absolutely love about this movie is you and it's really. Not, and it's not browbeating no, you. No, it's it. so subtle. Subtle in that we have a fucking huge forest god that gets his head blown off and yeah, turns a, into goo. There's a headless... That kills everybody. And then we give his head... 
there's nothing subtle about it, but it doesn't matter. It's the I think it's just the nature the of the is, messages. The imagery is very powerful, right, but, the but the message, message is very yeah, subtle. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it is a sharp knife that Miyazaki is cutting with here. I love it's it. amazing. It's it's oh oh god <laughs> oh, oh god. What like what do you got? Um, I love how much um, Lady Eboshi and San are mirror opposites. Like they're each other's foil. Yeah. Um, Lady Eboshi is team human and San is team nature. I hate all humans. She she has to keep being reminded that she's also human. Right. But but she's in such denial about it. When I was watching, I was like, oh, she is those the people in Greenpeace yes. that blow up whaling ships. Right. Or, um, what was that? Yeah. Just pulling, <laughs> pulling ideas out. Wayne I love length. it. Keep yeah. going. Um, Killing Or it. like throw paint on furs. You know, they're that like aggressive, destructive person that thinks it should be nature above all else. Right. You know, to the destruction of humankind. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's we the opposite. Yeah, we're animals. Yeah, Bird and I talk about this all the time where it it was something I heard on Joe Rogan that I'd never considered before. I thought it was really interesting. He says uh, he was talking to some some like uh, evolutionary psychologist or uh, evolutionary evolutionary scientist who was saying, well, people are part of nature. So like cities, that's just what this particular organism does. She's like that a city is as natural as a forest. I had. I'm not. I'm still not 100 percent sure if I agree or don't. Right. But it's such a fascinating. But if we were being idea. studied by some sort of extraterrestrial, oh. they'd be like, yeah, they would be making that conclusion though. We don't think that it's bees unnatural. make a hive. These other creatures, these bipeds, make these structures well, like, out sh- of the some, earth around them. And some the, apes are yeah. starting to make. They're thinking that they're, they're entering we- the Stone Age, right? Weapons. They're yes, or, and, and tools. Some scientists think that that uh, apes are starting to enter the, their Stone Age right now. So, like, but we don't consider that unnatural. That's just part of what that particular organism is doing. So, this is just our thing. This is we're clearly animals. We die. We shit. We fuck. We mm-hmm. do all the animal stuff. We just also like build stuff that can fly in the air and we build houses that we can keep we warm. become a lot more efficient at killing each other yeah i mean there's there's downside well so have apes i know that's what i'm saying it's yeah like, yeah it's like this is this is how it works this is the planet this is we're just and like if you take that all the way to its extreme you still end up at we're all one big thing grant morrison has a beautiful um a beautiful line in one of his speeches. Uh, he's Grant Morrison, comic book writer, oh, yeah. cast magician. Um, he was saying, like, I recently learned that there is a word that means the totality of all life on Earth. It's biota. And he goes, what I want to leave you guys with tonight is that biota might not be just a word that means the totality of life on Earth. Biota might be our name. And I thought, oh, fuck. yeah, like re- the first time I heard it, all the wires in my head were like, unplug, b-duk, rearrange, b-duk, plug back in. It's he's a, you know, it's like your you're trying to plug your coffee pot in like, why isn't this plugging? Oh, I have it upside down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're making coffee. He's good for rewiring your brain in a in a very similar way to Princess Mononoke. Wow. I feel like when you sit and actually, Carl, you're a perfect guinea pig for this because you've never seen it. So you sit down. Yeah. You are Carl Hartley. Yep. It's 5.30 a.m. Yeah, it was early. You hit play. Mm-hmm. Movie's over now. Yep. 
you still the same Carl Hartley, or did shit get different for you? Shit, I mean, shit always gets different when I watch movies. But I, yeah. I think this was like, I, there was a little bit of not dial tone necessarily, but it felt like sort of a very cerebral sort of reset. Brain tickly? Brain tickly. Yeah. yeah. I was showering and I was just like, I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. I was saying goodbye to Danielle as she was leaving for work. And I'm just like showering. I'm like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, in th- Like I, I have to figure this out. I'm not sure what <laughs> this is. You know what I mean? It was like something needed to be figured out. It's one of my favorite feelings yeah. that we get two seasons now. This is it. This is the last episode, the last film episode. So we've done two full seasons of movies, 104 movies minimum. For the main season. For the main season, not even counting Patreon movies. So it would be 52 of those. Yeah. So it'd be, let's not do the math because I'm tired. But like there's, there are certain movies where when they're done, you, you make it halfway through the credits, not because you're watching the credits. Yeah, maybe. 170? Maybe because we've definitely we've definitely done like dude think about Christmas. Oh, we did more. Oh, we're like probably at Yeah, shit. <laughs> anyway, the, it's the movies where the credits start rolling and you're sitting there and you can't get up because your your brain is like so far behind the film that and you're so dial toned out. Like I yep. I need to think before I can even stop this disc from playing. Recent history, Hereditary, My Mandy, God. Beyond the Black Rainbow. And uh, Halloween 2018. At the end of those movies, I was like, I need to think hard about like with, you know, like with Hereditary. It was legit. I need I'm like, I need to rethink. I had to go back and watch scenes of Hereditary with Gabe and make fun of them so I could fucking sleep that night. (laughs) That was that's the only movie I can remember outside of my teenage years that truly made it difficult i couldn't i had nightmares for like a month after hereditary and the scenes that i make fun of the most scariest scary the mm. most scary me the most did that head pounding yeah, on the fucking oh come on i think this film uh harkens to whatever you call the soul yep the yeah. deeper consciousness within humankind do you think that miyazaki's body of work on the whole i've with almost any pick one out of the hat it it really truly reaches in and touches like a deep still every single one of of myself yeah and it's a different little corner of the soul too one of the things that i love about about his movies and and to bring neil gaiman back into it neil gaiman's somebody who does this for me every time i read anything he's written especially some of his like uh you know 2005 to 2010 work like it it rekindles part the childish part of you and allows you to see the world properly mm-hmm. for a little while yeah after the movies after this movie this movie Okay, admittedly, of all of his films, this is probably the bleakest, right? Can you think of another movie that's this heavy? It's I think this is probably the most bleak. Nausicaa's pretty fairly bleak. Yeah, but um, like and 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 all of them have all of them have elements of danger and scary and yeah, of even, course, but even I think, Totoro's got its tense yep, moments. But I think yeah. this is yeah. probably the most. Yeah. This has like multiple battlefields and decapitations. Yeah. This is heavy. Yeah. So like maybe this movie excluded, but basically any other one. Kihi's Delivery Service and Totoro, the two that are in my head. But at the end of those movies, you can walk outside and I swear to God the world is brighter. 
the greens are greener, the sky is bluer, and damn it, the birds are always singing. And then like three hours later, you know, you start, you're like, oh wait, should I got, I, I got that one phone bill I got to pay. And the second, I was at a manager's meeting. Yeah. The mm. moment that like, oh yeah, I got to make dinner or like, oh, go, go grocery. The moment that like real life mm-hmm. reasserts itself. Sun was coming up as I was finishing this movie, dude. Like I'm looking oh. out, you know, my windows, the big windows looking out on mm-hmm. the birch trees. Yeah. It was fu- it was an experience finishing this movie, having the sun rising in through my windows and watching the end of this fucking movie, dude. I feel like my, my goal God. is to live as much as I can in a Miyazaki film. Uh, no shit. Well, that, like, uh, just oh my God. design my house and life. I watched <laughs> the first half of this in Espresso Bay, and like three times I popped an earbud out and was like, "So, Bird, when you were a child." You wanted to grow up to be son, right? Like that was your whole goal. Was like wild girl who hates humanity. Rides wolves. Rides wolves. Okay. Oh my god! So little glimpse into little baby bird. I literally howled like a wolf at people who drove up to my house that I didn't know. So there's that. That's really fucking cool, man. <laughs> right? Didn't I marry an awesome chick? You did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. Give us some notes. I, um, I think I've big pictured all of the big picture stuff I wanted yeah. to hit. So let's uh, nitpick some stuff now. Let's well not not nitpick. Let's let's get into the minutiae. Walk me through your uh, notes. the finality of fate. Um, oh. even though um uh Ashley Taka's actions were good and uh full of love and mm-hmm. you know the quote unquote the right choice he still got branded with this wound and he still was fated to have to deal with it and travel that road his hero's journey yeah you know well he was in actually in saving his village he became he was shunned from his village very western idea by the way right. not not western culture but with the film genre it's like we Westerns. can't even look at you like his sister Shit, you still haven't seen shane I haven't mm. seen Shane, which is ridiculous. Go given- in and tell your mother there's no guns in the valley anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the it's the thing where every once in a while you do need a man with a gun, but after the danger's passed, he has no place in your society. There's a after Ashitaka has killed this demon to defend his society, he cuts his hair off, and they literally say he's banished. Yeah, he's banished. From his this, sister from Kaya this- comes up and gives him the. Uh, and she's not supposed she's to. She's not no. supposed to. And we never see the Amishi again. Never. There is no like happy ending code. It's not thing. like once you go and you see with unclouded eyes and no. you do that you can come back. No, you're forever banished. The wise woman says, according to the laws of our culture, from this moment on, you are dead to us. Yeah. Farewell. You don't yeah. come back from the dead. No. Yeah. No, man. Like this is this is that thing Fuck, in the Western. Man. This is John Wayne shooting uh, Liberty Valance in the back. Mm-hmm. He shoots him in the back. And then John Wayne goes and retires to his cabin and we don't see any more of him. He just grows old and dies and we never see him in his casket. After he fulfills his function, I defended the town from evil. I did something really bad, though, to do that. And Mm -hmm. I don't have a place in civilization anymore. Right. He had to kill a god in order to save his village. So he was no no longer allowed allowed to be there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. You're right. He kills a god at the beginning of this. Yes, he sure does. He did. Lady Eboshi. Says yeah. to the rest of the riflemen, pay attention. I'm going to show you how to kill a god. F- the most important thing is you must not fear him. Yeah, you can't be afraid of him. You can't yeah. be afraid of him. And uh, Which is not true because that's not how 
uh, are. He begs the God to to spare he them. First says, "Yeah, calm your rage. Like, uh, calm your calm your rage. Please spare us. Like, whatever mm-hmm. we've done." And after Ashitaka does kill the God and is punished for it, mm-hmm. the wise woman comes out and says, uh, "Like, oh great God of pain and rage." You, we will hold ceremonies here. We mm-hmm. will pray to you. There will be a great mound erected where you died. This thing that was coming to kill them because... She bows to it. Oh, my God. To, yeah, like three times. To, yeah. ki- to kill it, the, like, to, not just to kill a god. You get this sense that, like, because the, Ashitaka's reluctance to do violence at all mm-hmm. throughout the whole movie, the he only kills to save People. It's an absolute last resort. And yeah. he verbally warned, like, what a, nowadays, you're like, why are you warning? Like, don't, no, go away, go away, don't you come over here. You're like, dude, you're telegraphing your position if there's, like, scouts around right. or whatever. But he's legit, like, if you come closer, I'm going to have to kill you, and that is going to just destroy me inside. It costs him a lot. And I love that to to atone for this act of violence that saved their village. They're like, we're going to erect a shrine and pray to you forever. We are so sorry that we had to kill you. The approach, the difference in approach between the Amishi, who the em- we find out that the emperor wiped out 500 years before. We don't know why, but all we get is a hint. Well, at- apparently he's a dick. Well, so yeah, think about think about the contrasting culture. What is the emperor's culture doing? They're cutting down the forest and trying to kill gods so that they can smelt they can smelt iron into making guns so they can go and kill more things. Mm-hmm. What are the Amishi doing? They're living in harmony with nature, and he's like, bro, that has no place in my thing. So I'm gonna like fucking wipe you guys out. That's pretty. It's pretty wild. I love. Oh, and it, mm. you know what? I've. And this is the first time I've ever analyzed this movie before. I usually just watch it and like bask in it. But man, when you start looking at this flick, it's amazing. And we're going to look at it in more depth in part two of our analysis of Princess Mononoke. Guys, the the first bit of this conversation has been so much fun. So incredible. All right, so stay tuned. Stick around. We're going to... Uh, have a pee break. Have a pee. We're all, yeah, everybody everybody, have a pee, <laughs> and then load up the next episode, and we're going to talk about... We're going to continue our conversation uh, uh, tomorrow, later today. I don't know. We've never whenever done this before. It, yeah. yeah, whenever this episode pops up. Uh, Princess Mononoke Part 2 coming up. And before we get out of here, we would like to take this time to thank our patrons. You can head on over to patreon.com slash quillandfilm, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M, and get feature length bonus episodes we do a lot of sequels remakes we do patron suggested films we have lots of special guest hosts all sorts of great content over there and you get a shout out on the show uh they sound a little something like this we would love to thank casey shiby john shiby david rowney daniele hartelli connor sweeney brian jackson katie clark kelly and mike wagner sister sarah hartley kevin ramirez william rockwood and jeff morgan thanks to our patrons Thanks to all of you listeners. We love you so much. So uh, tune back in. Uh, for the, the next episode is probably already in your feed. So just continue rolling. It just makes editing easier for me. We're going to continue talking uh, in part two of Princess Mononoke. Okay.